Welcome to another episode of Top 5 Films. Hi, John. Uh, salut, Jack. Hola, bon dia. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Brilliant. That's probably a welcome to our overseas listeners, right? More overseas listeners in Belgium and Brazil. Fantastic. I, mean, I, I can barely speak English, so speaking another language is probably a good idea. Well, it's probably just as well we've got a uh, soundtracks podcast coming up then, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a while, but today we've got an absolute belter. Oh, before we do anything, I've got a question for you. Oh, yeah. Can you answer me this? You're How this. did Reese eat her ice cream? I don't know. With a spoon. Oh, <laughs> come on. God. How awful is that? That is terrible. How long have you been saving that one up? Seven or eight months. My my favourite one has always been um, what do you get when you cross a frog and a pig? (laughs) Hopping, bacon, something? A lifetime ban from the Muppet Show. Uh, Jack, I just want to say you look at amazing with your new uh, kit there, headset, microphone, boom arm. People won't be able to see that, but I've upgraded the audio, so I'm hoping... I I can say, not only do you sound amazing, you look a million dollars. I have a face for podcast, but it's good. (laughs) Right, mate, uh, anything that you've seen recently? Uh, It's been so long since we last caught up that I've watched a lot, actually. Um, Anything stand out? I'm, I'm obviously banging to my true crime, so I've been watching a bit of that. Um, but film-wise, I've I've had a few rewatches after our um, other episodes, so I've watched the Raid and the Raid Two again. Oh, well, I did the Raid Two as well. That's probably something I need to watch. I was going to say every six months, but I, I just need my Raid feel once a year. Yeah, you need the injection Amazing. of violence. Uh, I watched Away, which was the space thing on Netflix. Yeah. That was okay. A little bit long. I'm finding a lot of the Netflix things are drawn out a little bit. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, did did Eurovision, which is the Will Ferrell um, thing about Eurovision. Would you recommend that? As expected, knock about fun, camp as you like, bit rude in places, but entertaining. Um, what else? Oh, I saw something called The Witches, which has got... Um, Are you good? It's like a... Uh, oh, just a good, good old-fashioned horror story and quite psychological. Recommend that. Um, going back through some old comedy stuff, so Black Books. That's quite oh, good. I love Black Books. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Oh, Dylan Moran, right? Dylan Moran Maybe. is something else. And then um, oh, I did Sunderland Till I Die on your recommendation. I yep. absolutely love that. And I think that's better than some of the All or Nothings on Amazon, actually. Really. I do. It, the way they've put it together is, I don't know, it just flows really well. Um, I did try the Juventus one, but I just it was too Americanized for me. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Um, kicking off Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm doing Carmel, which is a true crime thing in Spain. Mm, let me know how that goes. I do like the crime it's stuff a, as well. It's a bit long so far. Like I think the first two episodes, like two one-hour episodes, I reckon they could have done that in about forty minutes. Okay. Like dragging it out, but maybe I'm just impatient. But anyway, on anyway. To today's episode, 
Uh, like I said, an absolute bell. So you've already said soundtracks. Now this is this is our, uh, another theme very close to both of our hearts, being avid music fans. Um, we've I had I I had to condense this, but also it was a bit like some sort of weird high fidelity thing for me, where I was categorising the films by different ways, and then you know when you look into the detail of some of the soundtracks, actually only a couple of the songs are good, or the way they okay. Yeah, and so I've tried to go for the complete soundtracks oh. being good, or okay. the oh. application of it in the film. Oh, nice! Yes, yeah. I, like, I like what you're saying there. That's really good because you can have a film with good music, but obviously sometimes music completely makes the scene, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100 agree with that. And interestingly, do you know where I started? Rather sadly, I started looking through my own vinyl collection, um, info available on Discogs, um, and I just thought. What have I got in there? And it's like, do you know what? I've actually got the vinyl albums for the stuff that does make my top five. So I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. Because nice. that reinforces, you know, I wouldn't have had that unless I thought it was really good. And I went out and bought it. Um, we also had a quick chat about this, didn't we? And we, we thought we would have, there's no way we're going to have 10 separate entries for our own top fives. But I think... Likely, I don't unless, think we're going to have much overlap. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have much overlap because some that I've picked, I mean, they're they're known, but poor. I don't know if everyone's going to have them. That's that's good. I like but, that. I like that. That's good. And there's a point here about the difference between a soundtrack and a movie score as well, yeah. which you know, a movie score is like. An original piece of music uh, made Jones. specifically for the film, yeah, like like John Williams would do, or Hans Zimmer, or whatever his name is, and then soundtracks, which are basically, I suppose, popular music dropped into films. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, cool. I'm just, I'm just sorry, I'm, I'm frantically opening up tabs because I obviously <laughs> cannot remember every track on every uh, uh, soundtrack. So actually, I am, go- I'm going to go first. Oh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go first because I've got four four very good ones and a fifth one which is a bit out there. All right, that I'm going to have to explain. Out there, um, uh, we, we'll, we've obviously got honourable mentions as well. We'll try and do year budget box office uh, yeah. for some of the films. Yeah, um, and, on, and obviously the general theme to these episodes is you can't pick a top five film list of all time, so you've got to break it down into categories. So that's what we do. But also, um, we try not to duplicate, um, you know. So, for instance, I think Alien showed up in one of John's film lists for like the eighties or something. But we probably would would then exclude that from sci-fi or Alien categories. But there, there, there is the odd overlap too. Might be the odd overlap, yeah, naturally. Yeah. Cool. So, right, you're gonna smash it with number one, then, mate. Is this your yeah. banger? No, this is this is my out there one uh, because I think a lot of people would go really. But so this is a film Can I guess based it's got Robert Williams in it. Based on a book. Oh, okay. uh, the book was great, which you recommended me to read. The film was not. Okay. But the, the soundtrack to the film is great. So this is Kill Your Friends. Oh right, yeah. Based, <laughs> film, based on a fantastic is, the book. The film is really like not just so way not as good as the book. It doesn't do the book justice, but it is a fantastic book about uh, a a music executive who basically ends up in a lot of debauchery. But you've got, 
on the soundtrack you've got obviously they try to pin it back to the time of where the, the film or the book is based which is sort of 90s yeah 90s but, music industry yeah and you've got the whole um you know blur the oasis thing going on so you've got there's beetle bum on there by blur there's cigarettes and alcohol by oasis there's a couple of prodigy tracks i think they smacked my bitch up on there nice. um you've got a few dance tracks obviously as well yeah um the, yeah there's just uh there's things like return of the mac Mark okay. Morrison. yeah um and some of these tracks are obviously used and some are played properly um but yeah there's just some some insane stuff on there and obviously i'm I grew up a lot in the nineties, so the whole music scene in the nineties was massive, the Manchester scene as well, rave rave culture and stuff. So um good memories. Great stuff. Just time to look at it now. Like, actually, I mean I if I hadn't read the book and who's 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 the lead actor in the film? Anyway, it doesn't really matter, but Nick I quite enjoyed it. Thingy. Yeah. Um But that's my out there one. So I wanted to get that out of the way soon actually. Um Supergrass. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's in there. I don't know if the Verve is in there, maybe. Probably. But so let, let's get out of the way quick. And I, I forget which way around we do this if, if who starts talking and who starts answering. But year budget box office, I'm going to throw at you. Oh, um, so year relatively recent 2014. 2015. Oh, okay. Close. Uh, budget 20 million I've not actually got a... I've not actually got a budget figure 20 million well it took 500 grand at the box office so if it was 20 million um... really what What the hell we haven't done this for ages have we mate no we're out of touch um... can you take a couple of zeros off I'll go with um... 500,000 I'm going to go yeah. and, and obviously it's a half a million at the box office. I can't find it. So let, let's move swiftly on to what is your first choice? Uh, that's a good question. My first choice takes me back to when I was a teenager. And it is a, uh, a vampire film. Oh. Call it a vampire film. Uh, the Lost Boys. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's one of those kind of I just remember the soundtrack just fitting the film perfectly because it was kind of like a it felt kind of like an indie film. It had those young up and coming actors in it. Um, yeah, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, Corey Haim, um, or Corey Feldman. Maybe I had both of them in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the two Coreys, right? Um, and um, yeah, it was yeah, it was moody. There was a bit of sort of like a, a romance thing going on. And, you know, it was quite dark as well, and it's a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack in excess in there. Um, yeah, in excess in there a couple of times. I've just seen Echo, Echo and the Bunnymen. People are strange, which is obviously a Doors cover, but really, really good. There's a Roger um, Daltrey song in there. Yeah, well, Roger Daltrey does an Elton John song, yeah. I think. Um, a couple of sort of like, yeah, I Still Believe by Tim Capello, Beauty House Away, Mummy Callas. Yeah, Cry Little Sister, which is the theme for Lost Boys. It's really good. And as I say, you know, I 
I play that. It's got like the two, the um, the two, uh, well, the, the opener. It's in excess and Jimmy Barnes, and it's an absolute banger. That it's one of those ones where if you think you're going out for a Saturday night, I'm actually going to slam that on. And have yeah, that. love that. Um, what what are you saying in terms of how that ranks as a vampire film? Oh, uh, hmm. well, obviously, vampires and um, I suppose what, zombie films that's had a massive resurgence recently, hasn't it? Yeah, it's so many of those, like the Twilight stuff. Um, it's yeah, it's up there, it's definitely up there, and it does like it. it, it there's lots of nods to the sort of um, the vampire tropes, so it's like you can't kill it if, if you invite. It's like something like if you invite a vampire into your house or something, you can't then kill it. Yeah. Um, so, that's, so that's in there as well and stuff like that. I don't know. It's yeah, it's good. I am um, I'm a big fan of vampire films actually, but I think they can be done quite badly. But obviously interview with the vampire is one of my favourites. Is it? Yeah. Um, have you heard of the Mandela effect? No. So this is this some conspiracy theory that basically Nelson Mandela died years ago and loads of people have a memory of hearing about him dying, but actually he wasn't dead. <laughs> loads of people have these false memories. And one of, one of the famous Mandela effect examples is Interview with the Vampire. People think the film's called Interview with a Vampire. But obviously that's just a slight misheard thing, I All think. Right. As opposed to it's Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Have you... Um... Have you seen Let the Right One In? No. Stop everything and go and watch that. Honestly. Is that a vampire film? Yeah, man. It is so good. It is so, so good. I mean, it's it's just thought-provoking. and Horror romance. Yeah, yeah. It is just mm. stunning. It is. It'll knock you over. It wow. really, really will. And it's really stripped back. It's quite stark and bare, but it's just beautifully executed. Okay. Um, anyway. Right. So, year, Lost Boys, year budget box office. That'll be... The year will be... I'm going to go with 1990. No. Incorrect decade. <laughs> right. 88. <laughs> oh, 87. Thanks. Close enough. Budget... I'm going to go with 20 million. 8 million. Okay. Box office. Uh, probably quite big, actually. Going to go with 25 million. 32. Not bad. Um, I wonder, I know, I don't want to get lost in a tangent, but. Lost. I haven't got enough hands. Hold on. Um, what else was released in 1987? Oh. That would have, you know, because Lost Boys, you know, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Wow. Good Morning Vietnam, Wall Street. Okay. Wow, Wall Street, yeah. That's a pretty good year already, highest, isn't it? Highest grossing films from 10 to 1. I'll run through quickly. Witches of Eastwick, Lethal Weapon, Stakeout, The Secret of My Success, The Untouchables, Moonstruck, Good Morning Vietnam, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Fatal <sighs> Attraction, Three Men and a Baby. Wow. Three Men and a Baby number one. <laughs> Jeez, man. How popular is that? Um, so yeah, I think, I think we've limped into this a bit. So 
I'm going to throw up another one that's a bit of a strange call, I think people will say, but the, the soundtrack is just incredible. And I remember watching this film for the first time and thought, holy shit, like, whoever's put effort into this soundtrack, not only have they procured some incredible songs, which would have cost a lot of money, yeah. but the way they've put them in the film, yeah. you would just never expect it from a superhero film. Is it... Guardians. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice, yeah. Is that on your list? Um, it was an honourable mention. Oh, so nice. I that, that you've got it in your list. And I... And I what's, the, what's the... um? Oh, God. What's the Simon and Garfunkel song? When it's, when the camera's sweeping down. It's just like, oh, it's... it's uh, can't remember. I've only seen it once, but I do remember because it's... Is that in the second one or the first one? It might be the second one then, but it's 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 the mixtape thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's the like... mixtape thing. But you've got so some of the tracks you've got "Hooked on a Feeling" by Bruce Wade. You've got "Go All the Way" by the Raspberries, "Spirit in the Sky," Norman Greenbaum, "Moon Moonage Daydream" Bowie, um, "Fooled Around and Fell in Love," "I'm Not in Love" by Ten CCs, "I Want oh. You Back" by the Jackson Five, "Come and Get Your Love" by Redbone, "Cherry Bomb" by the Runaways, the Pina Colada song. Oh, yeah. um, Ooh Child by the Five Stair Steps and then Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Great. And it's like, if you just name those songs off like that, you go, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah." That's a decent playlist. But once it's dropped into the film, it's like, oh yeah, that just sits in there lovely. Because the film's amazing, right? I mean, it's just like, for me, that just came out of nowhere. And I was like, what the hell is this? Came out of nowhere. And also it was refreshing to have a new set of superheroes. I know that they're famous in the Marvel world, but... Mm. um, yeah. Vin Diesel. Vin, well, it's got obviously Chris Pratt is Star Lord. And, and I don't think uh, the casting there is so smart because I don't think too many people would have done that. Batista, who's a wrestler, Bradley Cooper's obviously in it. Oh, Bradley Cooper, yeah. You got John C. Riley, Glenn Close, Benicio del Toro. That's a pretty good um, cast list, isn't it? Yeah. John um, C. Riley's in it. I love him. Yeah, you? he's great. I was watching Step Brothers the other day. Um, <laughs> also, who's the lead in something? Oh, I Peter Serafinovich. Who's he? Oh, he's like some mad. He 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 had a program on Channel Four doing like magic. Um, oh, and he's from, he's from. Oh yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. He's been um, on loads of sort of uh, British comedy stuff, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's really good, actually. He's kind of like off the wall. Um. So, what are you saying for year budget box office? This is going to be a hard one because we all know it's recent. We knew it would have cost a fuck ton of money to make. Yeah. And it would have brought um, in a fuck ton of money as well. A fuck ton of money. Um, I think um, I should probably say we used to kill your friends. 20, what did I say? Was that 20? That was 2015, and I think you said 2014. Yeah. It mate, mate, it was literally five minutes ago. I can't remember what the fuck you said. <laughs> Would you smoke it? Uh, 2014 then. 2014. Budget. This is where you got to chuck a silly figure at it. And I'm going to go with 170 million. I'm going to give you that. 
because it says 190 million net, 300, 230 million gross. Okay. Why do so, gross in net figures? I mean, what? No idea. It's about marketing? I don't know. What do you think it's done at the box office? Oh, which would have been ridiculous. Um, 850 million. 770. Oh, oh, too bad. I can't even equate to that kind of figures. I'm just saying numbers. I don't even know what it's it looks just like. like. You know, three quarters oh. of a billion pounds. Casual. Crazy. It's like the like the GDP of a small country, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Frightening. Um, so I've I've smashed two out. What's your second? Okay, I'm going to go with something called. Um, do you like bluegrass music or like? Yeah. yeah. You should watch something called the Broken Circle Breakdown. Wow. A little bit left field this one, but it, there is some cracking bluegrass music in it. Wow. And it's like. There, there are some scenes in it where the band are playing. So the band are the actors, and and and, and the band is a real band. Okay, but it's it's not a documentary film. It's a no, it's not yeah. a documentary. So it's a fiction film. Um, that I think the lead singer and the lead actor wrote, and they made the film. Got this uh, girl. I can't remember who her name is, but and I think this is like a Belgian language film actually. Okay, and um. They meet, they fall in love, they have a kid, they both sing in the bluegrass band called the, the Broken Circle Breakdown. Yeah. When they're singing these songs on stage, you feel like they absolutely mean it. You're all in. It's it's brilliant. And I mean, I can't say I'm a massive fan of bluegrass, but this just takes you to there and goes, isn't this music fantastic? But there are moments in it where it's just, it is utterly devastating as well, where, okay. I mean... I was just completely torn to shreds watching this. This is your like this is your like one for the week of niche film but uh, out there recommendation that mo- most people probably wouldn't have seen so it's a good one to watch. It's, it, it stood it's it stood with me and and every now and again I put the broken circle breakdown soundtrack on and I just go there are some absolute bangers in there. I mean some really good tracks and yeah, you feel like you're at a live concert sometimes, but then there are, you know, there are the bits of the story where the music is being played as well, and you're just like, Jesus, man, this is hitting me hard. Yeah, so it says the the entirely bluegrass bluegrass soundtrack includes traditional songs as well as music composed for the film by Bjorn Eriksson. All the music in the band scenes is performed by the actors live. Great, lovely. And I, I just, I just really like that. That's that's, that's good to know. So, I haven't got a budget for this, but I've got a year in a box office. Yeah, I'm going to go with 2009. 2012. Yeah, okay. Better budget won't be massive. Uh, be a couple of million quid, I would have thought. Yeah, I haven't got that. I've only got box office. No box office. <sighs> Maybe a couple of million quid as well. Yeah, five five million dollars. And it was a okay. Belgian film in Dutch. Okay, yeah. I mean, have a look at it. I mean, all I'd say is, you know, if you've... No, I won't say anything, but it, but it will take a bit. I don't, I don't know if it's on Amazon, Netflix, or what stream Probably. service, but go and but, find it. Well, save it, and that could potentially be your one to watch. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba! Well, then, uh, 
kick us off with another one. Right, Jake got, I'm down. I'm now into three that I've, I'm struck. I could not put in any order. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go for this is England. Oh, yeah. Love a bit of Shane Meadows. Which Shane Meadows is just too good. I love Shane Meadows. Sorry, Matt. I'm just going to go off on this one. I'm not yeah, really go. He said this because I was nowhere near this is in my top five. And it was no? Cool. But the was fact it? that Shane, Shane Meadows did the Stone Roses documentary, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like, absolutely just, there's, there's a fan doing his favourite band making a rockumentary or, or an indie-umentary, whatever you want to call it. And it's just like, that is so good. And you can see he's so excited, so enthusiastic about it. And it's actually a really good documentary. Anyway, this is England. Yeah, so obviously it's, it's, um, it's going through England in the 80s and sort of different cultures clashing and poverty and stuff but they've obviously got to drop in some huge hits from the 80s in there but Shane Meadows is so smart he's got quite a lot of Toots and the Matles in there which are a good ska band but he's come on Eileen Tainted Love died literally two months ago mate yeah nightmare um, like, but you've got Come on Eileen, Tainted Love, Louie Louie. Um, you've got some of the specials in there. Um, but also, you've got. So, do you know of a pianist um, called Ludovico Inaudi? No, mate. So, if you listen to some of his songs, you'll be like, I know these songs because you've heard them okay. in shops or on adverts or, you know. So, just go and listen to Ludovico um, okay. in a. In a in Audi, I never know how to pronounce his surname, but there's a, a couple of his songs in this soundtrack as well. So right. I can't remember when they would have been, but they would have been quite poignant pieces. Um, but I, I think the end of the film as well um, finishes um, on, it's not the Smiths, but it's a cover of, um, you know, let me get what I want. Okay. So, you know, please, 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 let me, let me, etc. Um, as he's throwing the St. George's flag into the sea. Right. Um, he, oh, I mean, shame. Is that, is that the young lad doing that? Or is that yeah. Thomas Turquoise or whatever his name yeah, is? Yeah, Thomas Turquoise doing it. Turquoise oh, doing it, yeah. Easy. Those actors have gone on to do loads of really good things as well. That's, that's Stephen Graham's in there, right? Stephen Graham's in it. Joe Gilgan's in it, who... Um, has been a lot since, but I think um, he's been quite open in media about personal struggles with mental health and learning difficulties. And he said how good Shane Meadows was to work with because he just let the actors do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, direct them in terms of this is what we need from the scene or this is the story, but, you know, just yeah. just act how you would be in this scene kind of thing. There is some really hard-hitting stuff in there, isn't there? Poor. Like, it's just quite hard to put music to... And I mean, there is there is obviously one scene where there's no music. And actually, I think, you know, directing a film, which I know absolutely bollocks all about, but frankly, the absence of something is sometimes what makes a cut yeah. or a film or a scene or something, isn't it? Also, Jack O'Connell's in this for <laughs> really? about 20 minutes um, as very young Jack O'Connell. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> we'll do one to watch at the end, but there's absolutely no shame in spending your entire Saturday watching all of the, this is England films and TV show specials. Um, because they are all just 
punch. I agree with you there. Yeah, that's a cracking shout. Well done, mate. Love that. That's really good. Um, can I bring it back to brighter times? Not before you do oh, year budget box office. Oh, I'm just going to go with 2014 again. So this is a funny one, right? Because I thought it was a lot later. Um, and it is a lot earlier than I thought. It's 2006. Oh, really? Yeah. That's ages ago. 14 years ago. <laughs> but um, So he did This Is England, the series, after starts the film. He did the series after, didn't he? Yeah. Everything else afterwards has been basically... I think four part dramas or something on, on channel four, but they're out an hour each. And, you know, going, going, going on the other side of the coin from the Netflix comment earlier, an hour of Shea Meadows is like some of the best and worst times of your life, you know, um, and there's not a minute that's ruined or a shot that is added in for, for no reason. Everything is just perfect. So 2006 budget box office. I'm just going to be proper low on this, isn't it? I mean, 800,000. Close, 1.5 million. Okay. I say close, 100% out, but close. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not too sure about the box office because, I mean, this is a very niche UK sort of thing going on. It's a UK culture set in Nottingham, I think. Um, uh, maybe a couple of million quid. Five million. Oh, right. Um, I think it, it's probably one of these ones that's released hardly anywhere in the UK, but takes momentum from a cult perspective and then is bought and distributed afterwards. But it's got a 93% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and that says it all, really. Tasty. Who's the female lead actress? Vicky McClure. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Of brilliant. Line of Duty <laughs> fame. <laughs> yeah. All right, lol. Um, so that is... That is one of the three that I had left that I struggled to pick. Um, I couldn't put in order because all the three that I have remaining are so good. And I did call this. We are we are five in. You're about to hit the sixth, and we haven't had a crossover yet. No duplications. And I'm so, pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure you won't have my next film either. Okay, so let's do your your third, and then we'll do some honourable mentions. Yeah. Um, bit of a cheese fest. Dirty dancing. Oh, do you know what my wife said? When I said we're doing the soundtracks, I just said, oh, are you going to put Dirty Dancing in there? And I said, absolutely <laughs> not, no. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it a guilty pleasure? I mean... I think so. I mean, plenty of times we've tried to do the lift after a few too many bottles of wine, haven't we? Uh, hmm. Yeah, we don't go there, Jack, do we? <laughs> Christ, mate. Um... It's and it's not necessarily so. So I think the reason why I like this it isn't because of the cheesy sort of I've had the time of my life. It's more to do with it really gets that sense of what it was like to be in the, maybe the late fifties, early sixties, a holiday camp, um, yeah. <laughs> and what they were doing, and the music in the theatre, and the sort of the, the the stuff that was being played at that time. I think it's really good. So like Love is Strange, Mickey and Sylvia. Um, she's, hey like Baby, <laughs> she's like the wind. She's like the wind. Patrick Swayze, so that's not. I mean, it's on the soundtrack, but um, "Be My Baby" the Ronettes. I think that's great. Is that so "Be it, My Be My"? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Like fifties and sixties Motown and stuff. Exactly, it's that sort of stuff, and I just think that's it's, it's really good. Can't can't necessarily say it's the the outstanding 
soundtrack to a film but it's just like oh we are setting a film at a period of time we should be playing that kind of music but there are yeah. some original stuff in it i mean you got yeah, hungry also, eyes big girls don't cry and some of that stuff that must be released as singles and done really really well a couple the, of otis redding tracks in there as well good shout actually mate that is like a I think one that I think people would knee jerk do my reaction and say yeah. no, but it, it also drink, uses music very emotively in the film, doesn't it? So, so you're saying yes now because of the fifties and the sixties vibe sort of I'm, going on at the moment. I'm saying it would just about make my honourable mentions. Um, <laughs> I, I reckon I, I've got a few here in my honourable mentions that I think you. I'm wondering if they're in your top five or well, they're just going to be. Then. We'll we'll do. Um, year budget box office and we'll do some honourable mentions yeah so um the year of this would have been mid to late 80s so i'm gonna say 88 87 so close and the budget would have been pretty pretty tasty i suppose patrick swayze was a pretty big star by then i think not as big as michael douglas who the film was written for apparently Really love that fact. The screenplay was written for Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas was huge. Still is. Um, so they had a budget for him. I'm going to go with about... I'm going to go with 15 million. Five million. Oh, crap. <laughs> Way out. Let's see if what, you can get the box office box taken. Box office would be pretty tasty on this because it was one of those things that just... You know, a bit like word of mouth. Oh, have you seen this film? It's actually really, really good. So I'm going to go with 80. Incorrect. Uh, Try again. Oh. 130. Incorrect. Right, I'm not having another guess. 220. It? Wow. So in 1987, that is massive, isn't it? Five million quid returns you over 200 happy days. Yeah, what an investment. Cool. Um, so... I'm not pleased that I turned you. Yeah, do you want to go for some honourable mentions? Yeah, let's do some honourable mentions. So, actually, I mean, I had Guardians of the Galaxy in there. Um, I really wanted to say things like Purple Rain, because <laughs> it's Prince, but well, you just can't have a music biopic, I don't think. Yeah. Same as like the song remains the same. Really, I just want to say Led Zeppelin in the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I also have things like uh, Train Spotting. And oh. so the That's in my list. Is on your list? Yeah. Okay. Pulp Fiction was in there, but I have things like Pretty in Pink because it's got that eighty soundtrack. Yeah. Love Apocalypse Now. That's got some absolute bangers yeah. in there as well. Um, Twenty Four Hour Party People because that is just like an absolute nineties drug fest sort of thing yeah. going off. 80s, well, more 80s actually, isn't it? Um, and a couple of others. A really cheesy one was Pitch Perfect. Because I just nice. thought, Aka, awesome. Yeah. And um, a bit of an oddball, American Graffiti, because again, oh, yeah, great film. 50s, 60s sort of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, lots of iconic. So I've I've got no none of those in my honourable mention. <laughs> That's a great. This, this, is, this is crazy. So I've got, um, obviously several films we've already spoken about that I wanted to use on mentions for. So Back to the Future. Um which is could could you could argue there's more of a score in that, but there's also a lot of Hugh Lewis in the news and stuff. I'll go wrong with that mate. 
Yeah, Stand By Me, because there's yeah. a lot of 50s era stuff Beauty. in there again. Beauty. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yes. You know, if if you play Steelers Wheels stuck in the middle, like, who doesn't think of that scene? Just reminds you of that Mexican... St- oh, no, the, oh, I know, he's taped to a bloody chair, isn't he? Yeah. He's like laid out and he's... Cuts his ear off. Yeah. Um, the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Absolutely. We've spoken about. Shaun of the Dead, which we've spoken yeah. about. So good. But one which I think is in your list, I'm saving for my last honorable mention, which is Drive. You would be correct. Yes, I knew it would be. So should we talk about Drive then? Uh, yeah, let's do Drive and then we'll talk about Train Spot and then we've got one left each, which yeah, obviously okay. we haven't. So, so, so Drive is in there and. <laughs> Yeah, again, this is something I, I needed to own on vinyl. Rather sad fetish I have. Double LP in pink, neon pink. Really Love really it. Good. And I was like, really taken with. Obviously, there's a couple of songs on there. Um, I absolutely love. Um, was it? I think it's College, a real hero. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been covered quite a lot, actually. But when I first heard that song, I was like, oh, so this was obviously a famous song in the 80s or something. Because it's got like it's got such a feeling to it. That synthy sort of moody stuff going on. If you like that kind of stuff, go and listen to a band called, I think they're called um, The Midnight. Okay. Anyway, um, what's really, the, the depth of that soundtrack is really um, Cliff Martinez, isn't it? So, that, so, so he does the bulk of that work. And, and, I'm, and I'm torn between this because it almost didn't make it because... Is it a soundtrack or is it actually a score? Because Cliff Martinez is one person just doing a load of sort of synth work. I feel a bit compromised because is it a soundtrack or is it a score? Because it feels more of a score because the Cliff Martinez work is just a load of running synth work. I know what you mean, but so do you know Cliff Martinez, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because he used to be the drummer with the Foo Fighters. Well, no, he, he well, he might have done some work with the Foo Fighters, but he um, did two or three studio albums with the Chili Peppers. Sorry, the Red Hot Chili Peppers is what I meant. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Amazing. I yeah. It, it's, it's one of those soundtracks which just does exactly what it says on the tin, really. Like, it delivers exactly what is needed for that type of film. It's, it's quite a big film, obviously. And I think I, it's... There are moments in it, and there's moments between Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan, where there is kind of like there's just looks and stares and stuff like that, and it's quite moody. And it, but I think the music really gets that sort of like that connection between the two lead characters there, and I'm just like, just it's just absolutely nailed. I just love it. And I love the film. It's a great film, and I'm in love with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he's very good in it, actually. Right. He's obviously had to play a few naff films and romantic roles in order to get, you know, like the place between the pines. Oh yes, is just. Do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, really good. Um, so year budget box office. Oh, um, year twenty thirteen. Twenty eleven. Earlier than I thought it was. Again, only ten years ago. My benchmark was what was I doing around the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> um, budget probably quite hefty. I'm going to go with about forty mil. Fifteen million. Oh god. Okay. 
Okay, well, mm. uh, box office, I'm going to go with 90 million. 81. Oh, okay. Can have that. Happy yeah. with that. And then obviously what we'll do is we'll choose soundtracks, choose films, choose The Good Life, choose um, listening to music that you like, choose films that you want to see, and we'll go in straight into train spotting. Nice. You see like what I tried like to like do? You see what I tried to do there? Like a like a like a, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can have train spotting. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Which was in your honourable mentions, right? But you've was, you've mate. got Bowie, you've got Primal Scream, you've got um, I think either Blondie or Blondie cover in there. Okay. Um, Blur, Pulp, everything from the nineties. Uh, you obviously born slippy, which is yes. iconic in it, which is just crazy good. Oh. Like if that with that track used to come on in like a nightclub or a pub or something, everybody would just go mental. It just summed it up. It was just like everybody was just injecting the brown. Just uh, an absolute slammer. Or throwing pints behind them <laughs> over balconies. Like nobody leaves this place until I find out who who did that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the film, the, the film's got iconic moments in it, and it's got you know just some amazing cut sequences. But the music, just as you as you were saying at the top of this, was just it's absolutely just injected into that film at the right time at the right place. Yeah, it's very very good. Um, uh, there's quite a lot of information on the internet about this actually. How how basically the soundtrack went platinum, sold millions of copies and stuff. Um, was very successful as a soundtrack in its own right. Um, but yeah, Perfect Day by Lou Reed was like massive, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember how where that featured in the film. Went on to can have um, loads of people covered it as well, didn't they? But can you remember where, where it featured in the film? You know, I don't know, maybe it's at the end, I don't know. Yeah, it's such a shame because when you, when we're doing a soundtrack podcast, because there's so many songs, we've got so many things to rattle through. We're not focusing much on the films, so maybe yeah. we should maybe we should exclude these films from future episodes. Yeah. Sorry, not exclude, exclude them from the rule of excluding yeah, them. Exactly, um, so we could actually talk about the films. Yeah, because we're not doing any of these films justice. I don't think. Should we do a um, year budget box office then? Yes. I reckon this. So I remember reading the book um, by Irvine Welsh and having a <laughs> confessions of a um, idiot, but I was actually having a pretty rough time myself. So I think this was about it was early nineties when the when I read the books, and I think the film was done pretty soon after. So I'm going to go with about ninety ninety eight. Oh, ninety six. Okay. Yeah, see, I think the book came out in about 94 or something like that. Okay. And I knew the film followed quickly afterwards. Um, Budget, God, again, this was like like Robbie Lee Miller, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, Ewan McGregor. These were all sort of like unknowns at the time, weren't they? So the budget was probably quite low. Yeah. Going to go with with, um, five million. 1.5 1.5 million. Oh, it is, but that's a really low budget, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't get Robert Carlyle or Ewan McGregor on their own for that money now. Jesus, man. Hamish Macbeth. He's worth a <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> What was that film you did with Samuel L. Jackson? 
Oh, is that 51st State or something? No, yeah, no. something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, who's, who's, um, who plays Spud as well? Um, oh, yeah, what's his name? Have you seen Trainspotting 2? I quite enjoyed that, actually. I did as well. Like, obviously, it has a lot of expectations to it, but mm. Danny Boyle's no mug. Yeah, <clears throat> really well executed. Um, box office, I'm going to throw you a figure of 13 million at this. $72 million. Jeez. Okay. So 48 million quid adjusted for inflation and exchange rates. So not far off. Not far off. <laughs> not far off. Um, which, so we are now hurting at the final ones each. And I've saved a, a cracker till last, but I've just done yeah. train spotting. So what is yours? Oh. What's your final one? I think mine might be a little bit disappointing, but still, it's, it's more of a classic than anything else. Can you guess what it is? Hmm. And I will give you a clue. I am I am actually breaking the code of conduct on this one as well. It has been mentioned before. Is it a soundtrack or a score? It's a soundtrack. Soundtrack. You can't have scores. I don't know. There's too many films to think. Comedy. Set in Chicago. Really? <laughs> Surprising. Um we're on a mission from God. So, uh, mm. Blues Brothers. I know. I'm just thinking, though. I mean, it's an obvious pick, but yeah. over some other films, I'm surprised. Oh right, okay. I mean, I just think it's a who's who of music artists and sort of blues and jazz and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, it's got some amazing people in it: Cab Calloway, John Lee Hooker, Aretha Franklin, Stevie Wonder. So what? What Ray podcast did this? Stevie Wonder, it's Ray Charles. Did this? Was this um, top films the eighties? What which podcast did we? This is a, a comedy one, I think. Comedy. Oh yeah, um, I was actually watching. <laughs> I don't know how I got in this. Yeah, you know, I get lost on YouTube. But I was actually watching um, Minnie the Moocher the other day. <laughs> right. Um, so I watched the Blues Brothers performance of it, and then I ended up watching the guy performing it like. In, in the 50s and 40s on the TV and stuff. Um, yeah. Hidey, 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 hidey. Holdy, 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 holdy. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I mean. It's great. It's I almost. It's a great film. It's got the good old boys in it and it's got that moment where they, they stumble into the country and western um, bar. And it's like, yeah, that, but. Everybody knows the rest, right? It's just, it's just brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not disputing it. I'm just thinking there is. We've obviously done a lot of films, and I'm like, wow, like it's a big. Like, every song on it, every song on it is amazing. But the thing is, the the Blues Brothers were a band as well. I mean, they did do live gigs and music, and I've got four or five of their albums. Or well, they probably only did four or five. Of them. Yeah, and it's well, just like, you, right? every, but every album's the same. It's like, here's the Blues Brothers, or the Blues Brothers sing the blues, the best of the Blues Brothers, the Blues yeah. Brothers soundtrack too. It's basically like every every album is the same. But you got, yeah, I mean, James Brown, Cab Calloway, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. Um, good old boys. Good old boys. Is Aretha, who's in the... In the church, 
That is James Brown. Is that James Brown? Um, and what's the guy's name who sings Minnie the Moocher? That's Cab Calloway, isn't it? Is it? It's got John Lee Hooker in it. Has it got B.B. King in it? Cab Calloway, yeah. Sorry. It's got B.B. King, is it? It should have if it hasn't. I know it's got Twiggy in it, hasn't it? Is it? Is Twiggy? Yeah, I think so. It? Yeah. That's not a bad shout, that. Anyway, we're digressing. And we've done year budget and box office for this before because we must have done. So I'm going to go early 70s, 72. No. All right, what is it? 80. Oh, for fuck's sake. Are you ki- kidding me? Which is why I said I thought it was an 80s one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Have you missed that? What I meant to say was 82. Mm, 80. Budget of 7 million. This is big budget for 1980. Considering all the other films we've spoken about, which are admittedly not box office smashes. Now, I I remember it was big budget because at the time it was in the Guinness Book of Records for having the biggest car pile up as well. Um, So I'm going to go with like 15 million. 30. Jeez, that's, that's a big budget for 1980, right? Yeah. Box office, 50. 115. Oh, that's decent then, isn't it? Yeah, spend the money. Yeah. That's fine, because you yeah. get John Belushi. Get it here. back. Yeah. yeah, although the sequel is a bit yeah, mm. you know, challenging, but yeah. Um, so we've only, we're have only we nearly run out of time, so I'm going to squeeze my last one in. And I don't know if this is going to be a surprise for you. I'm going to have um, to guess, aren't I? But... It is, I don't know, I was just completely sucked in by the soundtrack of this film. I think the film's good. Um, it's been ruined slightly because one of the actors in it has since been had a oh. fall from grace. Is it, is it a Kevin Spacey film? Absolutely, yeah. Is it? Oh, I'll tell you what this one is. It's Baby Driver, isn't it's it? It's Baby Driver. Yeah. I almost had this. Didn't even make my honourable mention. But <sighs> I went to the cinema, and when I, when I, when I saw it there... Yeah, and it's great because big screen, big sound. And with the baby driver doing the getaway driver, I was just like, geez, man, the music is just perfect for the scene. Yeah, I, I mean... Went, like that first... I, I don't know who... I can't, can't really remember, but when he's driving the car, it's almost like the beat of the music is perfectly in tune with what's yeah. actually happening on screen. It's but really the way they, they weave it in, because he has tinnitus and he has to you know listen to white noise basically to drown out his tinnitus so he's always got an ipod on the go but he's also selecting these songs which are like wow like that i never would have picked that as a driving song but somehow it works but there's this great scene in it which is really sort of it's almost cheesy in terms of like the cinematography of it but he he is early in the film i think it's after the beginning sequence he is grabbing coffee in the local coffee shop for the gangsters back at the the base and he's walking down the street listening to a song. It's like the Harlem Shuffle or something, I think it's called. And as he's dancing in the streets to this song, like lyrics from the song are appearing in the background. Oh, yeah. But like as graffiti or something written on a lamppost or the, the branding of something in a shop. And the way they do that for me, I was just thought like it, it shouldn't work, but it does somehow. Like yeah. it, it just works so well. But the energy from the music in the film just works so well with the driving and like obviously mm. there's a love story and uh, um, it's really good. It's got um, 
it's got one of my favourites, which was, was, was going to make another one of my honourable mentions, but then it's got Nowhere to Run by Martha and the Vandellas. Oh, yeah. And that's in Good Morning Vietnam, which I think is a cracking soundtrack as well. Yeah, I mean, soundtracks aren't so much of a thing anymore, are they, though? Like, you used to, you used to buy the CD and tapes of films. and like, Actually, here's a good question to finish. What was the first soundtrack you ever bought? Because mine is, mine is embarrassing. It might have been the Blues Brothers, but I, I mean, I can remember Top Gun doing the rounds. <laughs> nice. Actually, that was the other one my wife said, Top Gun and Dirty Dancing. Oh, Footloose. Um, Footloose, yeah. Tremors. Because, no, no. Maximum Overdrive, because that was ACDC. Um, Flashdance. Oh, was that yours? Flashdance? No. Uh, mine was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Was that kind of like really shit rap and hip hop? It had like really obscure, like eighties and nineties, uh, yeah, hip hop. But actually, some of it was pretty pretty good. Like if you listen back, like um, there's one that's "Let the Walls Fall Down" or something. That was just that's okay. Bad. Anyway, right, I'm still, I'm still looking at Baby Driver on this. Actually, it's got some great stuff. Sorry, Blur, yeah. bit of Sam and Dave on there. It's got Radar Love by Golden and Earring, which is great. But the Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. It's got a bit of Danger Mouse on there as well. Great, great, great choice, JC. Well done, mate. So. Good shot. We'll finish. We're going to do year budget box office. Year budget now. box office and then one to watch. So quick, quick, quick. Year budget box office. The year for that is 2014. 2017. Jesus. It's only three years old. Yeah. Uh, budget. 58 million. 34. That's what I, I, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, got, the, got the numbers the wrong way around. And box office, about 120. 230. So, what is your one to watch for the week? My or probably month by next time we do another episode. Um, I'd love to say Drive. I'd love to say The Lost Boys. I'm going to have to say The Broken Circle Breakdown because I just think it is a film everybody should watch for the film itself, but the soundtrack just elevates it to another place. Yes, I'll go with that. And I, I, I quite fancy watching that now you've explained it. And that's reminded me, what have I watched since we last caught up, John? I watched Primer, which was one of your one-to-watches on time travel. And I thought it was one of the best put-together films I've, I've seen. And it cost something like 20 quid to make or something. <sighs> Brilliant, that much? Fantastic. Yeah, no, I think it was about 10 grand, actually, but it's still cheap. Really pleased that you saw that. Um, what is your one to watch? I'm going to go for... Um, I'm going to say This Is England, if people haven't seen it. And I'm also going to say Read Kill Your Friends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Such a good book. <laughs> Dark, evil. Yeah. But I, I just I think... want to... Go on, go on. I just wanted to say um, a, a bit of a shout out. Um, okay. Hello, hello, Tom Gordon. Oh, nice. Ah. Hi, Tom. Thanks for your sponsorship. Appreciate that. Cheers, cheers Tom. Um, this this show is sponsored by Tom Tom Gordon. Thanks. Cheers, TG. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, answers on a postcard. I don't know. 
looking forward to it, whatever it is. Yeah, let's let's have a let's have a chat and we'll figure it out. Let's take this um, offline and run it up a flagpole, please, Jack. But it's been good to catch up, mate. It's been lovely to see you. And I'll hit you up next time. Bye. Bye.